things out the way, these last two things that we're gonna get into the word. Um, new membership uh, certificate, this certifies that Dorothy Evans has successfully completed the required course of study approved by the Board of Education and is therefore awarded this certificate of completion presented at New Covenant Worship Center on this day. So let's welcome one of our new members who has completed her new members class, Sister Dorothy, y'all give it up for, amen. She said she was determined to get this thing done before the first of the year. Amen. We give God praise. Those of you all who have not completed your new members class, please do so. Amen. It is awesome. It is an awesome opportunity to have some foundation, uh, some things that we teach and what this ministry is all about. Uh, with Deacon Jerry, Sister Sandy, those who are teach on that particular ministry. Uh, it's an awesome time, uh, so you do not want to miss out on that. Take care of that and get it done. Amen. I want to present Sister Laquita, you want to come up and get this is Sister Viviana's uh, dedication certificate. Amen. For your grandbaby. Amen. You look beautiful as normal. This is Sister Laquita. Get on board with us now hiring school bus drivers at $15.50 an hour. Uh, this is Grand Prairie Transit. Uh, you must have a valid driver's license the past three years with no brakes or suspensions. Apply in person or online at www.cookillinois.com. This is Grand Prairie Transit at 189-62 Airport Road in Lockport, Illinois. Amen. Um, this flyer will be out the foyer if anyone is interested in being a school bus driver. Amen. All right. Any other announcements? Y'all good? I'm not gonna be before you long today. We're gonna get this word and we're gonna get out of here. Is that all right? Amen. You said he said that every week. <laughs> and I missed the first half of the game last week. <laughs> yeah, bless the Lord. For he is worthy. All right. See that? Somebody just said, take my time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> amen. Let's get into this word, amen, as we begin to prepare for what God has for us. We have been ministering and been teaching on letting God fight for us. Uh, we're in part five of this series, and um, it truly has been a blessing to us. Last week, Pastor Denise laid that thing down, amen, and she, as we tag team last week, the word was phenomenal. The word was amazing, and... Um, we learned so much, amen. Mother Simmons had not missed it. <laughs> you gotta love Mother Simmons, I'll tell you. But uh, we've been ministering on this thing, and today we're gonna take a, a, a little bit of, maybe a, a slight turn, um, and, and we're teaching on this Let God Fight For You, but I want you to see today how Jesus stood up for this woman, and, um, and how we see how Jesus' grace uh, it's, it's always sufficient for us, and he has mercy upon us. Amen. And that a lot of times, sometimes we can be our worst enemy. Um, and we can wow. begin to bring forth uh, guilt and self-condemnation to place upon ourselves um, when we miss the mark. Um, but I thank God that God is a God of grace. He's a God Amen. of love, where he gives us another opportunity, another chance to get it right. Amen. Amen. And so today, we're going to see Jesus in his element, and we're going to see how God would just begin to move and touch his heart. And I want us to see how gracious and how kind God is and how he moves and how he just ministers and how he has so much wisdom. Wow. He has so much wisdom 
And, and if we would just begin to meditate and begin to uh, partake in and, and, and seeing how Jesus operates, I guarantee you would make our lives that much more better. Amen? Amen. So let's go to the book of John chapter 8. John chapter 8. I'll be in the NIV version. John chapter 8. Thank God for Prophet Sylvia and Sister Lois. Amen. That got our rest of our uh, Christmas decor and our colors and our flowers for our pulpit. Amen. So we thank God for that. All right. Amen. We in the holiday spirit. I got the, you see the wreath of crosses behind it. Amen. That is nice. the Lord. All right, John chapter 8, we're going to start reading at verse 1. It says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left. Wow. With, the woman standing, with the woman still standing there, yeah. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Wow. Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. This message is so meaty. I was last night studying this thing, and, and Pastor Nisha was getting irritated because I kept shouting out so much. I was just like, Jesus, this is good. Holy Ghost, God, this thing has got so much. And, and, and when I'm studying, and, and I encourage people, when I'm studying it and you're getting revelation, I, for me, I have to put this Bible down because I, my mind will keep going, and I can just keep getting more and more revelation, and the Holy Spirit just be ministering. And so he just starts breaking down so many things and giving us understanding. You say, well, letting God fight for you, what is it that's so imperative and, and such urgency that we need to gather out of this message? Come on. I want you to see this thing, and, and I want you to have full clarity and full understanding. Yes. Now, I'm trying to see which way I want to go. Do I want to explain this and show my video, or do I want to show my video and then explain it? Do you need visual first? Yeah. You want visual first? Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to give you visual first because this is going to break it down even in its fullness because I want you to have the images while I'm speaking when I start breaking it down. You know, all right? Amen. All right, I like this class today. You all are so amazing. It's so good. I, I, might, I might get my pointer out. I might need it when my video starts. Brother Isaiah, go ahead and start queuing that up for me, sir. Y'all look at your monitor. Three minutes. Check this out. Give him a little volume. And began to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman who had been caught committing adultery, and they made her stand before them all. Teacher. Jesus. 
This woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. In our law, Moses commanded that such a woman must be stoned to death. Now what do you say? They said this to trap Jesus so that they could accuse him. But he bent over and wrote on the ground with his finger. As they stood there asking him questions, he straightened up. meditating on that thing now. You're beginning to see some things. Yes. Let's, let's pick it up at verse 3. It says, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. What happens when the religious people come to condemn you? What happens when the people who are called in tradition come to mock you? What happens when the people who are the church people, I'm not talking about kingdom-minded people, I'm talking about church people, yeah. when on. they come to bring accusation. Yes. Now, it says the Pharisees and the scribes brought in a woman caught in adultery. Notice in this particular time frame and in this particular area of, the, uh, of where Jesus was and in this time frame, men were in control. So notice, they, were, they did not bring the man and the woman because it takes two to be tangled up in adultery. But in this male-driven society, what we have seen in, in, in this particular area, in this dispensation, the Pharisees and the scribes bring the woman. Now, you have to understand, they bring the woman because they're not actually trying to deal with her sin. They're actually trying to bring accusation and to yeah. try to trap Jesus. Come on. Yeah. Come on. 
And how many times, because we have fallen or missed the mark, does your brother or your sister try to trap you? And the Bible talks about that, you know, if your brother or sister is overtaken and fall, you which are spiritual should restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, lest you also be tempted with the same measure. But when you have religious mindsets who have the audacity to think that they are pious and puffed up and they have no sin in them, now they come to bring a woman who was caught in a sinful act. Not considering their own mistakes. But they're in a position where they're in a place where they're trying to walk in their self-righteousness and glorify what they have now deemed in their eyes to be righteous. Not considering what God's righteousness calls for, but in their eyes they're righteous. So they bring this woman who is calling adultery. It says they made her stand before the group and said to her. So notice they come to humiliate her and to expose her into everyone. They come in and bring her into the midst of the temple, in the midst of the people, just as you saw in the video. Everyone is around and they see her. And now it says, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Verse 5, and the law Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? So now Jesus is caught in between a very hard place because do I take the position of the law of Moses, which was given by my daddy, which was given by God? Do I take and I agree with that particular law that had been written years before? Yes. And it says that Moses' law says that we have the right to stone this woman. Yes. And they asked him, what do you say? Because I was looking at a, a, a young man who was teaching uh, in theological school, and I was listening to this particular video. Uh, I cannot call his name. Uh, we're calling his name at this, at this moment. But as he was sharing his message, and he was teaching, and he was saying how at this time, the influence that the Pharisees and scribes had had now been now leaving them. They did not have the same influence that they had prior because Jesus was coming with new teachings. Come on! And when new teachings begin to arise, people are now threatened that my position that I normally hold will not be able to maintain because there's a new wave coming. There is something new that's being uh, uh, that's coming forth, and I don't know if I can handle the change or the shift. So the scribes and the Pharisees were in a position where if we can get Jesus to get caught up and begin to get him to a place where the Jews don't believe in him, where those who are under under the law, who are operating in the law, if I can get him caught up to say that now you don't have to stone him, he has to provide reason for that because he's a Jewish rabbi and he should now obey the law. So this is why at this moment when the question was asked, Jesus took a moment to be in wisdom and to not speak quickly, but he started writing on the ground. Watch the video as you saw it. Because at this moment, I believe he was thinking. He's trying to find out the best way and the best answer to bring because he knows in their heart what their agenda is. See, Jesus knows the heart of our intents. And so he's in a position, he said, I don't want to speak too quickly because I don't want 
And so at this point, Jesus is he's writing in the ground. He's sitting there, as you saw in the video, he's trying to figure out, well, what, how am I going to answer this? Because the way I answer it is going to determine what's going to happen next. Yes. And what's going to happen with the next person that comes to accuse you. Right. See, because the Bible says that the enemy is an accuser of the brethren. And the enemy is going to constantly, as we learned in the beginning of this message of letting God fight for you, that he's an accuser of the brethren. That as long as you're walking this walk, as long as you're trying to strive toward being more like Christ, that the accuser of the brethren is going to constantly try to throw things at you. He's going to constantly try to defame your name. He's going to constantly try to bring forth false allegations against you because he's an accuser of the brethren. But you have to make a decision on whether you're going to stand up and fight for yourself or you're going to allow God to fight for you when he knows every warfare and every weapon of your enemy. See, he knew the heart and the intent of the Pharisees. So he got himself in a position where he's going he's gonna to deal with this particular issue with them and he's going to fight for this young lady because she's in a vulnerable position. So now listen. This thing is getting gooder and gooder. Notice. He says, they made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was calling after adultery. Notice how they identify him, how they perceive him. They say teacher because they want him to bring forth a teaching. This is now a teaching moment. They want him to get there. They're in the temple. He's had been teaching the people. And so now they want him to give our understanding and a revelation concerning this matter. Because he's now, he has to judge this thing. He goes, he says, teacher, this woman was calling after adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, at this point, I need you to understand, time has gone past because they got irritated. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Because you know, Jesus was writing in the video. You saw him writing for a couple of seconds. But in, in, in this particular passage, it says that they kept questioning him. They kept saying, now, Jesus, what you going to do? Uh, Jesus, what you going What do you think? Uh, what's gonna happen? Uh, how you really feel? What's going on? So they're badgering him, trying to get him frustrated, yeah. and to say something out of his emotions. Yeah. Because the enemy's trying to frustrate you, and he's trying to press you. And he's trying to get you caught up into something. And see, this is why you have to be careful when you're in that particular room of the confession room. And they're trying to badger you. And they're trying to beat you. That's what the police, that, that, that litigation room. And they're trying to pull some things out of you to confess to something that you didn't even do. But they keep coming at you, putting pressure on you. And so they're putting pressure on Jesus because they're trying to get him to say something that's not true. And they're trying to get him caught up. Because if they get him caught up, they now gain some of their influence back. Wow. See, you have to be mindful of people always trying to justify themselves through your wrong. <laughs> See, when you fall, then that gives them an opportunity to say, well, I don't have to do what I need to do. I don't have to be in position. I don't have to stand up. I don't have to live a righteous life because I saw them do what they did. And so, you know, it gives an opportunity where you get all messed up and jacked up because you're living your life based on somebody else's mishap. And you have to make a decision. I'm going to live for God for me. And I can't live for God based on when the next man fall. Because the pastor fell does not mean I leave the church. As a whole. How many people have been in a position where they've seen the pastor fall? They've seen leadership fall. And then now the whole church is scattered. Because we put so much faith in the man. 
And you can't put all your faith and hope and trust in everything in a man because we're human just like you. And when we understand that, you won't get caught up and be in a place where if you miss the mark, this is why we teach you this ministry. I'm not going to Holy Ghost police you. That's the Holy Ghost job. I'm not going to be creeping around, sitting in the car, in the cut. And then if Bang was over there throwing in that little liquor store there, and she got a pint in her hand. Oh, my Jesus. That's not my responsibility to be on a lookout, be on a seek and search, be on a stakeout, trying to find out who's slipping and dipping. If you're slipping and dipping, that's between you and God. And you have to realize just because I don't see you, God sees everything. Come on. So I have to be mindful. And so now here it is. He, he, he tells them he's waiting there. And they keep questioning. They keep badgering. They said, Jesus, look, what do you think? They said, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap. He said, but Jesus went bent down and started writing on the ground. He said, when they kept questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Come on now. let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hold on now. Yeah. Now, I want you to see something because these are religious people. These are church people. This ain't the world. Amen. He's in the temple. Yeah. He said, is there anybody among you that has not sinned Throw the first stone. See, I need you all to get the understanding and realize because people are constantly looking for a perfect church. Well, until you get perfect, I want to find that perfect church. We complain, we murmur, we talk about this and that, and we say, them church folks is flaky, them church folks is this. Well, you are part of the church and you're flaky on your place, and when we don't see you either, what you doing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday on your job? Jokers got quiet. <laughs> now, nobody's saying a word because now they started remembering and reflecting on what they've done. And at this moment, he says, Anybody among you was not seeing the first stone? At this point, and I'm in the video, I love the sound effects because the stones start dropping. So the very ones who have been accusing you and trying to trap you, trying to get you caught up, trying to make you think that you're not worthy of Jesus Christ, trying to make you think that you're not worthy to be loved of God, trying to make you think that because you missed the mark, because you see it, that God's grace is not sufficient for you, and that you don't have an opportunity where God's love can redeem you, you have to understand that God's love is there. And so at this point, it says, notice this, and the scripture says, and they started dropping their stone. And they start walking away. Now notice what it says. And the oldest first. Yes. Come on, come on. See, it, it identified the oldest. I'm going to give you two points. I'm going to give you 21st century revelation understanding. Because what happens with the oldest generation is the oldest generation has been in savior, saint, saint mode for so long that they forget that they have been in sin. And then when new sinners come in, they begin to have to realize and understand, well, baby, why are you so nasty? Well, it was 45 years ago. You was just as nasty. Them, nastier. And the other point, the oldest ones begin to leave first because the oldest one 
ones were maybe around when the law was being written and when Moses was writing those things and most these things have been passed down to them so they understood what was happening what was going on and so the older ones got a remember they memory went back and said hold on now I had two girlfriends and three baby mamas too let me get out of here Cause I don't want them to change their mind and start stoning me. <laughs> and the other thing is that it doesn't say what when they start leaving, what type of sins. But you, you you would have to imagine with them men being there. Some of them were being adultery themselves. Some of them had to remember, reflect, and look back. I've been in the same sin, and they didn't stone me because you didn't get caught. <laughs> Jesus. So because you caught this woman, you brought her for, because I'm trying to let you understand, God will fight for you. He'll fight for you when the midst of the enemy has put you in a place where I've sinned, I've messed up, and I'm just, I don't know what to do. I'm jacked up. And God, do you still love me? Yes. Can you help me? And so Jesus was letting them know. He said, again, he stooped down and rolled on the ground. So notice this. God, Jesus took his focus off of the people. He went right on the ground again. He said, because I'm going to see what they're going to do. Come on. He said, I'm not going to focus in on that. I'm just going to right here. He said, I'm going to see what they're going to do. And as he began to see, he heard those stones falling. He heard people walking away. And then he looked up and he got up in the video. He straightened up. He said, woman. He said, woman, where are your accusers at? The woman says, sir, they gone. He said, well, if there's no one here to condemn you, I can't condemn you. Yeah. Now, this is the key. Come on. When Jesus releases you from the penalty, okay. and the thing of what the sin was called for, yeah. that, that particular, uh, 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 that thing that you were supposed to now receive, Yes. That particular thing that was supposed to be the penalty for that sin that God has now graced you. He said, because I'm gracing you in this moment, he said, now I want you to understand this. He said, go and sin no more. See, how many times have we went and sinned some more? And we came back to God again, and he said, I'm going to forgive you again. He said, how many times did he tell you to go and sin no more? And I sin again, and I come back to God, and he said, I forgive you. I'm going to give you another chance. He said, I go and sin again, and he comes back and tells me that I'm not going to condemn you because I have now set you free by the blood of Jesus, and my grace is sufficient. My mercy is an everlasting mercy, and so I'm going to give you another chance. the Holy Ghost right here. How many times have you been in a position where the enemy has tried to put you so far in a pit that there was no light that you could ever see and it seemed like the more time went by the deeper the pit got and the darker the situation got and you were trying to figure out how am I going to get out of this situation? How am I going to pull myself out of this thing? I need some help. I need somebody to come pull me out of this situation and that's when God will begin to stand and fight for you and he'll begin to deal with your accuser. He'll begin to deal with those who try to put you in that pit. Oh, I feel Joseph in the house. His brothers were jealous of him And his relationship with their daddy And see When you get in a position like 
constantly accusing Joseph. And then Joseph came in and said, man, I got a dream. Y'all gonna serve me, y'all gonna do this and that. His brother was like, oh, for real? I'm paraphrasing, you, 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 you're a young guy. How are we gonna serve you? So they get upset. And Joseph got put on assignment. He said, go out there and take some food to your brothers. His daddy sent him out there. His daddy didn't know it was a trap waiting on him. But Joseph was just being obedient to what his daddy told him. Isn't it something that when you're being obedient to what God has told you to do, that how somebody will try to find something to trap you up in? When you are only doing what you were called and what God had assigned you to do, and then while you get there, here it is, they say, well, oh, here goes this Joseph. Here he come. Let's take this joke and trap him and throw him in the pit. And so then conviction sets in on Joe because after a couple of days he was in the pit. They said, now y'all can't let him die down there. Because he's he going to die if he stay down there long enough. And that was grace and mercy that God was showing. And God was fighting for Joseph in the midst of his situation. Because the enemy, his brothers, they wanted to kill him. But they, somebody came along and said, look, now you can't kill him. One of his brothers said, look, y'all got to bring him out of there. And then from that place, then he was sold in the same Then he went on and went to Potter's house and all that stuff. Y'all know the story. If I don't go through the process, if I don't go through the various things that I need to go through so that I can understand that God is fighting for me, that God has my best interest at heart, and that he's moving on my behalf, he's working situations out, he's adjusting things along the way, and that's what God will begin to do. He'll make adjustments for you along the way. Just when you thought it was going to be a no, God will turn the man's heart and say yes. Just when you thought it was going to be the end of the situation, God will turn it around and extend you like, oh, I feel Hezekiah in the place. Hezekiah was in a situation. He said, God, if you would just allow me to have a little more time, can you give me some more years? And he turned his face into the wall, and Hezekiah got into a position. Turn this way, face the wall, and God's gonna give you another 15 years. Oh, I believe God has some grace, He has some compassion for us, He has some love for us, He'll give us another chance. Oh, I know people Oh my God. Because I'm not gonna allow this thing to take you out. And I can't allow you to now have these issues with your brother and sister because you think that, you know, well, I ain't sinning like that, so it's, you know, I don't know what they're doing. We have to realize we have to be our brother's keeper. We have to encourage and cover. We got to be in a position to try to bring them forth so that God can be able to do a thing in their life. And so if somebody else is coming on behind them, they'll see. And you can tell them about how God graced you. How God delivered you. How God brought you out. So you better believe that when that woman left, I believe she went and changed her life. And that whatever her reputation was before as an adulterer, God wiped that thing clean. And God began to change who she was because she accepted the place of forgiveness and she accepted the place of forgiving herself. See, this is where the enemy comes in. It keeps you bound because you won't forgive yourself, baby. Listen, you got to forgive yourself. As you're forgiving those who have trespassed against you, you got to forgive yourself. You gotta relinquish yourself of the particular thing that's trying to keep you bound because you won't forgive yourself and you're holding that thing over here. That woman was excited to leave. When she left, she was like, thank God I got out of this situation. And notice how God is. He didn't ask her what her denomination was. He didn't ask her what her religious affiliation was. 
He didn't ask her what organization she belonged to. Come on, come on. He didn't ask her whether she was skinny, tall, fat, white. What fellowship was she a part of? Was she a part of this district or the 7th district or the 15th district? He didn't ask none of those things. We don't even know. And this is the whole kicker is we don't know if this woman was saved or not. But God was extending grace to her so that he can have so that she had an encounter with God so that she can know that God is able to forgive. Because when we were in our sinful place and we were in a place where we did not know God, we were in a, in a place and our mindset was made up to say, God, I need you. And I found out that you can, that God is able to forgive you, cleanse you. All you got to do is open your mouth and say, God, I need you. And at that moment in our life, when we ask God, God, come fill me up. God, come into my life. I believe in my heart, confess my mouth. Your life changed. Your life changed. And because your life changed, the enemy is going to be on attack and he wants to constantly try to pull you back into the things of old. And this is why them people had to walk off. Because they know that they still had issues. So my issue may not be your issue, but you know what? We all got some kind of issue. Amen. And if I keep coming in this house, if I keep hearing the word of God, if I keep praising God, if I keep doing things more and more like God, the more of the world, the more of those things of the sinful nature will begin to fall off my life. Amen. But if I don't get into the presence of God, I'm going to continue to fight these same demons that's going to keep plaguing me. They're going to keep pulling at me. They're going to keep drawing me in because I'm not yielding myself to the things of God. I'm telling you, you got to yield yourself to the things of God. When he says go and sin no more, it doesn't mean she go and didn't sin anymore and did not now start to find out who Jesus really was. To start fellowshipping with him. To start spending time in his presence. Start getting to your word. You just can't come in here on Sunday and not get into the presence of God on a, whatever day, whatever week, whatever time. You got to talk to God throughout the week. And let me share this with you. Get ready to close. When we was in praise and worship, the Holy Spirit told me to tell you guys. He said, for these next, I believe it's 29 days left because it's the second day of the month. It's 31 days in this month. For the next 29 days, God said, be careful of your conversation. He said to begin to release words that will produce life. He said, guard your words in this season. He said, if you're going to manifest everything that the year of freedom has presented as we laid out for the first eight days of the year, he said, these last 29 days, he said, watch your words. He said, so I need you to understand that the doctors have given you a report. You need to begin to decree and declare, I am healed. If they're constantly showing you that your bank account is in a negative, you said, God, you said supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You need to begin to decree and declare that you're going to be what God has called you to be. God said, I am healed. I am whole. I have peace. I have joy. I have strength. And you got to begin to speak that over your life. And as you begin to speak that, God's going to begin to manifest it. Because the enemy is coming every year. This is the same stuff. He don't have no new tricks. Every year, the end of the year, you feel like yourself weighted down. And you feel like you want to give up. And you feel like everybody got so much joy. Why I ain't got no joy. Every Christmas, I'm in a bad place. I ain't never got no extra money, and my babies always ain't got what they need. I'm just sick and tired of always sick and tired. <laughs> well, I need to change your perception. And I need to look back over my life and say, God, this is what I told you at the beginning of the sermon. And I said, God, you allowed me to see 11 months of this year. Yeah. 
this a meal? I got two rolls still left on this side of my belly, baby. I got a roof over my head. It's water running through my faucet. It's gas on. The house is warm. The lights is on. I have gas to put in my car. My car is running. You gotta give God some praise for what has already been good to you and not focus in on those negative attributes and those negative things. Baby, your kids might can't get the latest Xbox, the latest game, but they got shoes on their feet. They got
And I thank God 